Welcome to the Center in the City podcast. I'm your host, Wade Brill, and during this series, I'll be interviewing various thought leaders, wellness experts, and humans on how they practice sustainable self-care and mindfulness. We'll get real and raw, talk about the light and the shadow side of self-care and mindfulness, and how we can actually stay centered amid the chaos and the hustle and bustle of our modern day world. So settle in and get centered. This podcast episode is brought to you by Centered in the City, a virtual on-demand self-care and mindfulness platform with over a hundred different meditations, journaling prompts, nourishing recipes, and Pilates flows, all designed to support you feeling calm, focused, and energized as you live your life in this modern day world. For more information, head on over to centeredinthecity.org and claim your seven-day free trial. Notice how much better you will feel by having a consistent practice to support you staying centered. Hi, my name is Jessica, and I wanted to drop a little audio for Wade's podcast to talk about my experience with Forum Centered in the City. Uh, So far, my experience has been nothing but positive. It's full of quality content. It's really well-rounded. It has really good meditations healthy recipes, Pilates, even journal prompts. And then she also does a monthly connection call that kind of takes you deeper into topics and gives you some actionable items if you want to take it further. But one thing I really like about the monthly calls is it's at your own pace. It's recorded. So if you can't make the call, you can just watch it whenever you can get time. The newsletters that she sends out in the email are minimal. I think they're only once a week, uh, but they're really helpful and they highlight things that are new on the platform. So I really love that. In general, I just love knowing that I have a central space to go to to cherry pick what I am feeling up for or feeling like I need to, you know, create for for myself, whether it's uh, some movement in my body or uh, guided meditation to kind of settle my mind and get me started or journal prompts if I'm feeling like I need some help with direction. But overall, it's just a really good resource for so many things. And it's nice to know that I have one central location to pick from and I don't have to worry about a bunch of different subscriptions or where I go for what and things like that. So yeah, if you haven't given it a try, I highly recommend it. Thanks, Jessica, for sharing your words and your experience with Centered in the City. Today, we get to have another solo episode, doing a little happy dance. And I want to talk to you about thinking, about our thinking minds. I'm bringing this topic up because one of the biggest misconceptions when it comes to having a meditation practice is that we think our mind has to be clear. We think we are doing meditation correctly when we aren't thinking at all and we just have this big, empty, vast openness in our brain. But that is the biggest myth because we can't stop thinking. What we can do is practice creating more space between our thoughts, allowing there to be more spaciousness so that we don't get wrapped up in our thoughts or cling to our thoughts or attach to them or get pulled down a rabbit hole with them. And so today we're going to talk about different ways our mind thinks and how we can practice being with our thinking mind. So let's settle in. And let's get centered. 
So I'm curious, as you're listening to the sound of my voice, I welcome you to tune in and notice what thoughts are going through your mind right now. Can you gently label them? Maybe you notice you're trying to plan what you're going to make for dinner. Maybe you're judging the sound of my voice. Maybe you're ruminating about a conversation that just happened. So kind of just tune in and gently label what thoughts are present in your mind in this moment. There is no wrong answer. The human mind has about 60,000 different thoughts throughout the day, which is bananas, but it makes complete sense. However, if you were to reflect on your day yesterday and think about, huh, what were all the 60,000 thoughts I had, you probably couldn't name more than 10 at most. And so a lot of the thoughts that come through our brain are conscious or unconscious. And when we practice meditation, when we practice being mindful, which is this ability to be present and aware in each moment with a kind and curious quality. So when we can tune into our mind in this present moment, we can start to notice more what thoughts are happening. And when we get to notice, when we get to label and give language to what's happening, it creates a sense of spaciousness and freedom so that we recognize our thoughts are just floating through our mind, but we are not our thoughts. In Buddhism, there is this concept that um, the mind is what's called a sixth sense. So when we think about in Western culture, we use five cents, hearing, seeing, touching, smelling, and tasting. But in Buddhism, they talk about, the Buddha talked about the mind being this sixth sense. This sixth sense door that he referred to as a way that we get to sense the world. And it's pretty cool when we pay attention to this because when I say a word like cookie, notice what happens to your thoughts in this moment. As I say this word cookie, probably an image of a cookie comes up in your mind, maybe a memory of when you last had cookies or your favorite cookies, or maybe somebody you think of when you hear the word cookies. Maybe you even notice a sense in your mouth of like, oh, I'm getting hungry and that kind of watery sensation or maybe a warmth in your heart because it brings back a you know sweet memory. So when we think of things, when we have thoughts, it is this other sense door. And when I was just in this conference last week in LA, the Mindfulness and Compassion Global Summit, I heard Christiana, Dr. Christiana Wolf, who's a physician and, and mindfulness and meditation teacher, talk about overthinking. And she brought up this, this reminder for me around the sixth sense of our mind, of our thoughts. And when we are thinking 
You know, a lot of the times we have a lot of different types of thoughts. We're, again, ruminating on the past. We're planning or catastrophizing the future. We're getting trapped in these like all or nothing situations, this black and white thinking. Maybe the mind is overgeneralizing the future situation that might happen, right? Oh, I might be late because traffic is going to be horrible. That kind of thing. So we have all of these different thoughts that that happen in the brain. And when we can see them as this sixth sense, as we can see our thoughts as just something that's happening. Maybe you've heard this quote of, you know, thoughts are like clouds in the sky. Right? Our mind is the sky and everything else is the weather. I think Pema Chodron says that beautiful quote. And it's just this example of can we see our mind as this vast open space and our thoughts are just these experiences that are happening. And when we get to notice them, we get to label them and it creates a sense of freedom and space so that we're not attaching ourselves to the thought. We're not personalizing ourselves to the thought. And when we can do that, it creates a lot of freedom. One of the thoughts in particular that I wanted to talk about today is what happens when we get into analysis paralysis. I am somebody that has such a hard time making decisions because I get trapped in analysis paralysis. My mind wants to know exactly what the right decision is. And for a lot of people, it's that way. When we get into analysis paralysis, it's usually happening because we don't want to make a wrong choice, right? We want to make a right choice or we want to know really what we truly want. We have a hard time knowing what we truly want in order to make what we think is a quote-unquote sound and right decision. Or maybe there's some people-pleasing that's happening and we kind of are caught in between of like, what do I want and what does the other person want and uh, and feel that kind of tug-of-war sensation in our brain. And so one of the ways that I have been working with analysis paralysis, and this has been years of of journeying and paying attention to this. I first learned that my mind gets into analysis paralysis when I went to coaching school over a decade ago, right? And sometimes when we get into analysis paralysis, it's those simple moments like we're at a restaurant and ordering off of a menu and it becomes like, ah, oh, I don't know what to order. I don't know what the right choice is. Then maybe that comes up of what does my body really want in this moment? What am I hungry for? Or you know, somebody invites me out on Friday and I don't know if I want to commit and say yes to plans because I don't know if that's really what I want. Is my body saying it wants to sleep in or have a cozy night in? Or maybe there's that people-pleasing tendency where, you know, somebody invites you away for the weekend or to go on a camping trip or something and there's that impulse to want to say yes to them, to want to to continue to invest in that relationship and building those connections. But then there's maybe a deeper, truer part of yourself in that moment that knows, I really just want to do X, Y, and Z this weekend. And I don't know how to say no. 
So analysis paralysis can happen in many different ways that can trap us, that can feel like we're being trapped by our thoughts and our wants. And so one of the most powerful ways that I've been practicing with analysis paralysis that I wanted to share with you today is by getting quiet. And you might be like, wait, that is such a simple answer and response. Like, what? How is that that an answer to this? But let me explain. I notice when I sense analysis paralysis in my mind, it's because I feel this external pressure and kind of like a ticking clock to make a decision. And then that feels really overwhelming for my system. Kind of feels like I'm treading water and getting really exhausted and kicking up a lot of mud underneath the water when I get trapped in analysis paralysis. And that then kind of shuts me down from really thinking or feeling what is true for me in that moment. And so I've tried to be, I'm I'm typically a verbal processor, so it's helpful for me to talk out loud to a friend or my husband or someone else to just kind of process what I'm feeling and thinking. But I've noticed with that, I can sometimes then get just trapped in the cycle a little bit more. And then kind of like, I'm just repeating all of the things that are in my mind, but I'm saying them out loud. And so instead, what I've been practicing that's been helpful is getting still and quiet to listen in. And when I give myself permission to get quiet, that I don't have to respond right away, that I can label my mind as, oh, I'm trapped in analysis paralysis, indecision. Let me take a moment to pause and step back from all of the different roads and paths that I could go down and get quiet to listen and feel into my true answer. And so sometimes that looks like me just kind of removing myself from a conversation or saying to somebody via text, let me get back to you, or slowing down, putting my phone away, sitting on the couch and taking a moment just to truly tune in. And what I say to my nervous system, because my nervous system gets activated because it wants to make the right choice, quote unquote right choice, I remind my nervous system that I cannot make a mistake. Meaning I am going to make a choice for myself with the information that I have on hand. I'm going to make the best choice for myself in the moment. And so I truly can't make a mistake. And when I say that to myself, it like is this, ah, like, oh my God, I can release the perfectionism. I can release the grasping to know that I'm going to make a right choice And I can slow down to just give myself permission to hear what is truly there. And I get to realize that the thoughts that are swirling through my mind, again, are not me. They don't have to be so overwhelming. That they're just these thoughts going through my sense door. I get quiet. I listen in. And I make a choice. And sometimes after I make that choice, I'm like, wow, that worked out really well. And sometimes after I make that choice, I'm like, huh, I'm curious what would have happened if I chose differently. But I don't allow myself to then get trapped in the ruminating of what could have happened if I took a left instead of a right. Because I know that getting quiet and saying to myself that I can't make a mistake in that moment, that I 
chose what I really thought was the best decision for me or for the situation in the moment at hand. And that is so freeing. It is so freeing. And sometimes, you know, I'll maybe notice the mind is going to start to head down that rumination path of, oh, you should have gone right instead of left. But I can catch it. I can label it of like, oh, I'm ruminating here and give it permission to let go, right? I get to say, oh, the mind is ruminating here. I'm really trying to get trapped into that thought and I can just kind of slowly start to soften my grip. Now, if you are somebody who is listening to this and you're like, Oh my God, that sounds, you're making it sound so easy, but it's so hard. Believe me, I know. I am still practicing this. This is not about 100% perfection every time. But when we learn to work with our thoughts, when we learn to label them, we create so much more freedom. And when we create freedom, it allows us to actually be more present because we're not wrapped up into all of the different stories of the mind. And we have more space to actually focus on what really matters. That's where we get to create more clarity in our mind. And for me, the way that I've been able to notice my thoughts more, create more space between my thoughts, be able to even label them, is through my own coaching work and through meditation. Because meditation has been that anchor that has allowed me to create a sense of grounding like I'm a mountain and observing the weather patterns that are happening around me. And the more that I practice that, the more that I can just notice those are all of the different experiences that are floating through the sky of my mind. So I want to share this episode with you in this moment, particularly because it's summer and as life is opening up in these still really weird and chaotic times, we get to make more choices. We get to have more plans. We get to make more decisions than maybe we did last summer when we were still being more cautious. Maybe people weren't traveling as much. I welcome you to think about where you get trapped in analysis paralysis and even just beginning to label, oh, my mind is going into analysis paralysis right now. Or maybe your practice is just to label more of your thoughts throughout your day, right? Can you label one of those 60,000 thoughts that pops up and bring that sense of mindful awareness to the moment? Or can you take it a step further and, and get still? Create some space between yourself and your thoughts in the sense door. Tune in and trust whatever wisdom comes up for you when making a decision. And I didn't mention this before, but reminding yourself after you make this decision to take a moment to know, oh yeah, that worked. And what worked well about making that decision? Because when you consciously choose and spend that time making choices for yourself, you're building an inner sense of confidence that you know what's right for you. 
You're making choices that feel good, that feel in alignment. And when you can tell your nervous system and your mind, oh yeah, we did that. That was a a good thing or a good process, or we really connected the dots there. It tells yourself that you are doing it and you're giving yourself more confidence to choose. So maybe it takes less time getting out of analysis paralysis in the future. You're starting to build that inner sense of trust and confidence with yourself, your thought patterns, and your decision making. In this moment, I welcome you to tune back into the mind and notice what thoughts are present for you in this moment. Can you gently label them? Notice again that the thoughts aren't you, they're just experiences happening through the sense door. My hope is that you have many takeaways from the episode today that get to support you in how you be with your thoughts, how you be with the mind, how you be with the beautiful process of analysis paralysis. Thanks so much for listening to the Center in the City podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It helps spread the word as well as I'd love to hear from you. What are you noticing and learning about yourself and your mind and your thought patterns? Reach out to me on Instagram at one Wade. And until next time, stay centered.